it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-aged kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Danita Bailey. Well, good evening and welcome to School Days, Help for Moms and Dads of School-Aged Kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I am David Bailey. Well, boy, Dave, we have been, well, you have been wanting to do this show <laughs> for quite some time. Come on, just, just spill, spill it. Yeah, this, it. Just... what? This episode is uh, about a year in the making. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, wanna, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to tell them why it is a year in the making? Well, I wasn't really on okay, board. Well, hey, okay, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's not because of me. <laughs> if it had been up to me, we would have had this show a year ago. Uh huh. Okay. So, do you want to tell them why? Well, I just was not entirely. I was a little mm -hmm. on the fence about mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, tell us why it was so important to you. So. As many of you know, my uh, group, uh, my, you know, the age group I work with uh, primarily has been in the classroom, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And um, what I see them eating on a daily basis, it, it is just, it's a mess. It's, um, okay, so today I asked my students, I said, I just did a little straw poll with one of my classes. I said, tell me what you guys eat. Uh, what, did you, what do you mostly eat? What's like your staple? And you know what it was? Takis? Chips. Chips, Takis. Okay. Fried, you know, hot, either hot food, fried food, anything with ingredients you cannot pronounce <laughs> is what they eat. And most of them don't drink water, which we'll talk about later in the show. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it, it's, it is it, kids coming in with like, I remember one girl last year came in with those are Chick-fil-A minis like every day. Those and are yummy. Was, oh, oh, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't get it twisted. They're, they are delicious, but, uh, she was, a, she was a top athlete. I mean, she was like the best, uh, basketball player on, on the team, you know, already scouts looking at her and, you know, she's eating garbage every day. And, you know, basically her mentality is, well, I'm young. Well, I can take it. And I mean, she's, you know, she's fit, but I said, how much better could you be if you ate healthy? And, you know, she's like, Psh. so, um, yeah, I have so much more to say about this, but I, I will, I will take a step back. But anyway, y'all, it's not my fault. It's my wife's fault. And I will publicly throw her under the bus right now. <laughs> um, cause I tried to get this to you guys a year ago, but I think it's even more relevant now. So I, I guess in, um, God's providence. We are doing this show. The today. providence of God got of us to God, this episode. No, not of God. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I wasn't that. I was kind of on the fence about it. I didn't say it was important, but we had two teenage interns last year for school days, and we kind of were throwing around ideas for shows. And I brought up the fact that you were interested in this one, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, you've got to do that show because sometimes we don't even eat lunch." We just go all day without eating because the lunches are so bad. 
And then on top of that, we started this summer getting the school lunches because they were like, you know, look, if we don't, we don't use it, we lose it. So come and get school lunches. And um, I was a little bit, I was disappointed. I wasn't shocked. I was disappointed that um, some of the stuff that they offered the kids was just junk, just applesauce with red dyes. And I'm not really much of a person that's against dyes, but it was full of sugar. And yeah, it was just not good. So you, uh, you won, dear. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't win often. So I will take <laughs> Sure I will take this win even when she's dead wrong. She's right. And so I will take I'm right and she says I'm right. So I will soak it in. Just give me two seconds. Okay. All right. We can go on. Oh, thank you so much. And and I forgive you. Oh, thank you. That's so generous of you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Well, today we have with us Nara Reed. She's a dietitian, nutritionist, and a mom. And she's going to speak to us about the impact of nutrition on academics. But before we go any further, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in and add the hashtag school days show and hashtag I am school days. And also, we do want you to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 214-444-5575 or if you are live with us on Facebook, then you can drop us a note there, a question or comment, and we will do our very best to get to you as soon as possible. So let's just jump right in and let our kid caster introduce our guest today. And today our kid caster is fifth grader Reese Washington from Colorado. Nara Reed is the founder of Modified Nutrition Health Coach. She and her husband moved their children to Texas from Michigan over 11 years ago. Mrs. Reed is a dietitian nutritionist with a degree in science, nutrition, and dietetics. In addition, she is a certified in integrative nutrition health coach and breastfeeding advocate. During the, her health coaching training and integrative Nutrition Institute, IIN. She studied over 100 dietary practices and theories as well as obtained a hormone health certification. Mrs. Reed's life's work is to provide support to the busy and overwhelmed women that struggle with weight, depression, hormonal imbalances, sleeplessness, purpose, and life-work balance. Welcome to school days, Mrs. Reed. Welcome. Are you there, Nara? Thank okay, you, there you so go. much. Yeah, I'm here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. We're excited to have you on, right, David? <laughs> yes, yes. I am so glad you're here. Yes. It's been, a year, it's been one year in the making. All right, all right. I love it. We've worn <laughs> that. We've worn that half to death. All right. So we gave you your two seconds. David. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was eight. Um, <laughs> so the first thing I want to ask is how does nutrition impact brain function and cognition? Well, we know um, the brain needs nutrients 
to be able to do the things that it needs to do in order for the cognitive to take place. And so um, when it comes to just overall healthy foods, it's important for us to be able to feed our, our brain the fuel that it needs so far as our vitamins and our nutrients to be able to um, actually, again, have those co uh, cognitive functions. And so what that means is, um, is making sure that, you know, we have nutrients for memory, um, for memory recall, um, and also concentration and um, things of that nature. So there is a parallel between feeding the body, the brain, what it needs to be able to function properly to, for us to have those cognitive responses. All right. Yeah. Uh, we, we've talked, we hear a lot about behavior and the impact of nutrition on behavior and what we eat. So tell us a little bit about that. And so we, as parents, we, you know, we can take a, step back and we can look at our kids and we automatically know when they're hungry, you know, just as much as we know when they're sleepy, when they kind of get a little bit irritable or irate. Um, but when it comes to behavior, um, when kids don't have proper nutrition, um, they will become a little sluggish. Um, memory call won't be there. And again, if you kind of think about when we're talking to our kids on a day or when you know they're hungry, um, you know, we can kind of look at, look at them and how they're responding to us. And so we want to make sure that they have um, the nutrients that they need to keep their hormone levels up, which will also affect their mood and their focus as well as their performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely have that problem myself. I can tell. And that Snickers commercial is perfect. You're not yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you're exactly. hungry. Exactly. Angry. <laughs> Angry. Exactly. 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 So how does nutrition impact focus? Can it can it make you not focus? And particularly, I mean, we have um David. Do I want do you want me to out you about this? Oh, I think I mean, I don't think it's gonna be a surprise. <laughs> That he right, David. Yes. David does yeah. struggle with ADHD, and we think that one of our kids does. So, how does what they eat impact their ability to focus? And so, we we want to look at the diet ultimately, and this is a very gray area when it comes to nutrition and diagnoses. Um, and so, you know, we want to look at how much processed foods we're eating. We also want to look at our hydration. A lot of times when, um, you know, we're nutrient deficient or hormones can kind of get out of balance and um, the cognitive, the, you know, the, the, the moods, um, the, you're, sometimes it's hard to kind of focus, especially when our diet consists of more processed and sugary foods. Um, because we know that sugar and processed foods does, doesn't have any nutritional value. It doesn't feed the brain. It doesn't, you know, feed our hormones the things that it needs to be able to allow us to, to do what we need to do. Um, so we want to also make sure we step back and we want to uh, examine our processed foods. We want to make sure we're properly hydrated because, again, with our hormonal imbalances, it can have an impact on our on our mood. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, yeah. I want to transition to this next question here. Uh, so this week, and this is so interesting that you brought this up. So one of my students, we were just talking about breakfast and 
And she said, look, Mr. Bailey, look what I have. And it was like a big cup of slushy something. <laughs> and so I was like, what is that? She said, look, she pulled up this big old two liter bottle of the Minute Maid uh, fruit punch drink. And she said, I poured the whole thing in there and froze it and made it a slushy. Look, and that was her <laughs> breakfast. Yes, that was her breakfast. And it was on the camera. Just proud as she could be. And she looked, and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, oh Lord have mercy. And then I said, so let me, let me, let's do some math here real quick. I said, oh, turn, turn the bottle around. I mm. said, you know, I'm a math teacher. So I said, okay, how many calories or how many grams of sugar in a, in a serve? And so she said, mm, 24. I said, okay. I said, that's oh, one no. serving. I said, and I said, it's one serving. So how many servings are in there? And she said, eight. <gasps> I said, oh, so you just consumed 192 grams of sugar <gasps> in your body at once. <laughs> and she's like, yep. <laughs> she just kept it. Kept it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you got it right. So the so the question is, what is the impact of sugar on behavior? And the follow up question is, how much sugar are we actually supposed to have in a day? Yes. So uh, we know long term, you know, sugar definitely has an impact on our, you know, on our mood and our hormone levels. Small amounts of sugar, you know, not so much so, but daily things. Imagine every day if she came with that mm -hmm. soda and, you know, the impact that it would have on Diabetes. her mood and her activity level, you know, so Typically for kids, um, the recommendation is six teaspoons of sugar a day. So that's like 24 grams a day. Um, and so we already bypassed that probably with a quarter of what she had. Um, for adults, it's a little bit higher, um, 12 teaspoons a day, but we want to kind of limit that to nine teaspoons. But too much sugar would definitely cause um, impaired memory, the cognitive um, delay. Um, again, these things aren't fuel. So it's almost like, imagine if we took that same slushy and we put it in our car, you know, <laughs> how, what, what are the expectations of how our car is going to function, you know, with slushy versus gasoline, which is going to allow the car to function properly, you know, burn the air, burn the heat. So, um, it's going to have the same impact when it comes to a child, when it comes to, um, you know, feeding the body super um, high sugary beverages versus something as simple as water or, you know, detox water or something like that. So it can definitely, it'll make them feel good because it'll suppress those cortisone hormones. So they'll kind of get a really good jolt out of it, you know, mm -hmm. but at the end it's a crash and that's where that addiction comes from too with sugar. It's, you know, that sugar will give them, it will suppress those stressor hormones. And so that's in turn where if you see people, they'll, um, you know, with coffee or they need to, you know, do something to where they need to, they feel as though they have to get a hit. They need more energy. Yeah. And so they'll go get something sugar because it'll just give them that moment, moment satisfaction. It has suppressed those stress hormones, but you know, at the end of the day, it would cause definitely um, some some abuse there when it comes to the sugar, con you know, consumption. Let me ask a, uh, I'm sorry, let me ask a side question here is, um, is 
processed sugar, is there a, 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 like the distinction between processed sugar versus you know, sugar from fruit? Um, but the impact on the body, is there a difference in you know, if I have you know, a candy bar and a Coke versus having you know, a, a smoothie and you know, an apple? Because uh, it's all sugar, but does, does it matter what type of sugar you're taking or just the fact you're having sugar? Great question. Yeah, it definitely, uh, our body knows what natural sugars are and how to deal with it. You know, those from a fruit, the, the sugar content within a fruit um, is uh, connected to the fibers of it. You know, the body expects some type of, you know, sugar. So that's the healthier sugar. Our um, glucose or I'm sorry, our insulin levels know how to deal with that. But when we start talking about artificial sweeteners, the body, you know, it's still, no matter how much we eat, it's still kind of foreign to the body and it does impact our insulin levels it does have an impact you know uh, when it comes to obesity levels but um yes the body will respond differently you know on how it's going to handle which that that sugar content whether it's going to come from something healthy as a fruit you know or a, a candy bar and one <laughs> i'm sorry babe. i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm, this is so because this is i just this, this is like rampant in school um what if okay the alternate of that is so what if somebody says well you know this is sugar-free or it's diet um does that make a difference Hmm. i mean calorie wise it's not sugar per se but um how does that impact the body um so that's where we start looking at uh, labels um and I, when I was in college, we had um, opportunities to kind of go into schools and, you know, show them how to read labels and um, because there's things that you want to be, you want to look at, you want to look at, um, you know, high fructose corn syrups, you want to look at um, uh, artificial, you know, different artificial sweeteners. Um, We, a couple of years, well, maybe about 10 years ago, we went from regular sugar to Splenda, you know, Mm -hmm. now we know Splenda isn't, you know, appropriate or proper for us. And then we went to agave and honey, which those still, those things still have an impact on, you know, on our blood glucose levels. And so when it comes to sweetener or sugars or sweeteners, we want to go for the natural route. Um, we can do stevias to sweeten up our, sweeten our beverages. Um, you can do a little honey, but you still want to be careful. But the biggest thing is we want to make sure we're reading labels. We want to make sure those, the grams of sugar are low and we want to, um, make sure we're we're not adding a lot of sugar some kids still add sugar to their cereals you know to make them even more sweeter so um, at the end of the day you definitely want to you know pay attention to that so i thought that, honey that, 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 I, sorry stevie is kind of nasty though i'm not gonna lie stevie is that, that stuff's pretty nasty. yeah i'm not I'm a sorry. fan of that either i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry, sorry not sorry okay I actually do like the sweet um, leaf brand. It's a lot better um, versus some of the other ones. Um, there is a different taste with the liquid stevia too. But like, um, what I like to t- kind of tell people is the more processed foods we eat and the more, you know, some people just truly have sweet tooth, we start developing a coating on our tongue. And so that's where, especially for kids, when it gets to a point to where um, they can't really, it blocks the natural flavors of food. And so that's when we go sweeter, we go 
so sweeter and we go, you know, we start getting things that's just super sweet. And so when you're trying to peel back or sugar detox, when you try to peel back the layers of how much, you know, sugar you're using, whether it's putting sugar in your coffee and things of that nature, consuming something like stevia will, it, it won't taste good, you know, it won't taste good. And so more water to help release, you know, the, that coating on your tongue to where you can truly taste the essence of foods and you'll get to a point to where you will find that you don't have to use a lot of sweeteners with food because you will truly be able to taste the, the essence of it. Um, and then, you know, something as simple as one pack of stevia, you won't be so bad, but if you're trying to use, um, 10 packs of, you know, stevia compared to 10 packs of shit, regular sugar. No, it's not. not I did try the no coffee, no sugar in my coffee. My pastor, when we were doing our, you know, beginning of the year fast, he was suggesting, he was like, you know, it only took me one month to not need sugar in my coffee. And as I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I got to be honest, I really was trying to not feel like I needed. I was like, mm, you're right. You can taste every bit of these beans. And mm, it's so, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> it did not work for me. It's tough. It's tough. You know, my husband, he loved, you know, my mother as well loved our creamer in her coffee. And so how uh, my mother, you know, we're still working on it. But my husband, how I got him off of the creamer was putting using honey. And then once we, you know, went from the honey, now he can do black coffee. Um, what I personally do is I'll use um, um, collagen, uh, collagen in my coffee. And I will get some sugar-free. I have some sugar-free syrup. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, what did you say? What in your coffee? Uh, collagen powder. Collagen powder. Okay. Yeah. Can you explain? Um, what? Is that sweet? So, <laughs> so collagen helps with like. Like your hair, your bones, your joints, um, and, and it's really just good overall for your skin. Um, and that's well, what your skin I does. Do. Like, your skin does look quite lovely, by the way. I'm just saying, yes, she's a nutritionist. <laughs> Thank you. He's like, see, so it's really, it's really good. It's kind of alternative to um, like bone broth. If you heard bone, you know, some people bone do bone broth. Um, and so it's just for that extra nutrient. Yeah, but is collagen is, is sweet. It is it yummy? Bone broth. Uh, no, I can no, I can tell by looking your face. No, just say no. <laughs> I'm looking at your face. No. No. <laughs> okay, let me step back. So think about it. When we, you know, for Thanksgiving, when we cook our broth with either the 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 um bone, you know, bones or you do chicken bones. And so that broth, we use that broth to then flavor our other foods, whether it's our, you know, um, dressing or collards or whatever it is that you have. So um, it has that type of taste or just it, it, um, a little flavoring from, I guess, the bone marrow. Is it tasty? No, but a lot of people, would, they do include it in other things or they always have it in soups as things of that nature. Um, but no, um, it's not that tasty. <laughs> Thank you for your candor. Thank you for your candor. I, I appreciate candor. So that's where I choose to use um, the collagen powder because you can get it flavored. Um, and I do have like oh. purchased the vanilla flavored um, 
collagen powder and it does offer some flavor to my coffee. Okay, gotcha. well, uh, I'll have to try that. Um, who, I, who knew? Who knew? Did you know? Uh, no, my mother actually takes collagen, but I oh. she hasn't mentioned putting it in her coffee, though. But oh. I'll have to look into the, the flavoring yeah. of that. Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll I'll tell my kids about that tomorrow morning. And, and um, you can put it in anything warm, so it's not really recommend um, re- recommended to do like in a smoothie. But if um, you put it in a smoothie that has some type of texture, because it will kind of gel, you'll be able to taste it. But if you're gonna do it where you want something soothed, then putting it in, you know, like tea or coffee is really good. I actually will. Um, have it within my tea at night as well. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I do want yes. to mention a, a statistic here. Um, and you, you talked about this too, but the American Health Association recommends six to nine teaspoons a day. And that includes no more than eight ounces of sugar sweetened drinks a week. That's 1.5 Capri Suns a week. And that's mm-hmm. less than one Coke a week. <laughs> Not a and, day. No. And on average, we take in 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Yes. You know, so sugar is in everything. And so, you know, we get to a point uh, that we want, we want, we want things to taste good. And so we look at sugars and, you know, and sodium. And so it's, we start with breakfast. We start with donuts, our coffees, our teas, you know, any type of processed foods you have, everything if it's if it's not fresh, it's gonna have some type of component of sugar. Yeah, I mean, goodness gracious! Last night, David and I were cracking up. We were looking at um, breakfast, lunch men or breakfast menus from um, different schools around the nation. <laughs> Dave, I don't know if you had any of those. They were terrible, really terrible. It was like cinnamon, cinnamon rolls, and you know, weird breakfast things, and it was it was just terrible, terrible food. And um, and then we also looked at um, breakfast and lunch in Singapore. And uh, where else did we look, babe? Uh, the it, Philippines. Uh, China. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, completely different. The, ne- the, uh, the Netherlands. Was the Netherlands too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, completely and, different. Yeah. And it was, you know, like a, like soufflés and, and <laughs> you know, uh, on, with jasmine rice. I mean, it was just like, wow, like, I want to eat that. Like, I want to go yeah. out to eat just to their cafeteria to eat that stuff. It, it looks so good. <laughs> and, you know, and I'll say this and, and babe, I, and I, my wife hates when I ask questions that are, I don't hate it. Not the, okay. Well, okay. Some, okay. Sometimes she like, okay. Anyway, let me ask the question. So sometimes I feel like when I look at these menus and I look at what, what our schools and look, I've been in public. I've, I work with kids from charter schools. Um, it almost seems like there is a, I don't know if it's a monopoly on what is being pumped into these schools because I look at this stuff and I, I've been watching, I've been in the classroom for over 10 years now and I've been looking at this stuff and I'm thinking, this is garbage. I mean, it's, 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 uh, yes, it, it fills the belly, you know, because we don't want empty bellies and we you know, um, she would talk about that later, uh, going learning on an empty stomach, but it, I, I just don't understand if we know this is the standard and then we wonder why our kids struggle with focus in school. We wonder why our kids, you know, are wiggly. We, you know, wonder why our kids are, you know, really having a hard time. 
And, you know, a lot of times, you know, for us as educators is the focus is on, you know, getting the results. But I think what people are not realizing is that these other factors have just as much of an impact on a, on a child's ability to learn as the quality of instruction. So let's say if you have good instruction, but bad food in your body, that's going to, that's going to slow, that's going to hold you back. Um, and so I, I just want to, I just see, you know, we, we saw consistently in America, like donuts, what was it? Like cinnamon rolls, sprinkles, donuts, sprinkles, cereal, uh, which is more like, and the cereal like, is never going to be like kids, yeah. kid tested, mother improved. It's going to be like right. cinnamon toast crunch or something. Yeah. And you know, lucky charms. And uh, I, I just don't understand, you know, how that happens. And if it's we cheap. want our kids to be our best, um, yeah, I like guess cheap and massive, right? Is there a question? What's your question? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a it's like a vent question, non-question question. <laughs> well, I'll say, you know, when it comes to the school lunch system, um, personally, all of my kids, you know, they did take their lunch because I know, you know, what that looks like. Um, and so you know, we would give them have funds available for them to get the extra snacks if needed. But we did um, we had them take their own lunch because, again, I know what that looks like. The idea of the school lunch program is real nice. If you look at it in black and white, it sounds really good. It should provide your kids, you know, with 60 percent of their nutrients. The idea of the school lunch program is that most kids are not exposed to balanced meals. They are not exposed to that many servings of, of fruits and vegetables daily. And so they, the idea of what that represents is good for them. So they were saying, okay, well, you know, we have, um, we're going to make sure they have fortified cereal. We're going to make sure they meet their dairy intake. We're going to make sure they get their fruit and vegetable servings. We're going to make sure that the foods we present to them is proportion and it represents all food groups. So that's the, what the idea of the school lunch program should represent. Mm -hmm. Did we lose focus somewhere? Yeah. Um, some schools, they have food brought in. And so you have one, you know, stationary or facility that make um, prepare foods, you know, for three or four or five schools and they bring it in. Some schools, they'll have a nutritionist there um, or, you know, someone that will come come up with um, food, food records or food patterns to be able to provide, provide for those kids there. So, yes, so that's when we look at cost. Okay, how much is it going to be, you know, these kids? What are they going to eat? Because we, they also have to look at waste. Um, as we've seen, most kids are not going to eat the foods that they're presenting, so they're going to go. They're going to throw it away. So then that's where that whole, should we feed them the cinnabons that we know they're going to like because we do have them here for the, what, six to eight hours or however long to be able to provide them nutrients. But is that nutrient suffice or sufficient for them? No. You know, so we do drop the ball when it comes to that. Um, most times they're getting, you know, it's not most times they're going to um, be, um, they'll have fresh fruit and vegetables or most times they'll have canned. You know, most 50% uh, of America 
Americans really don't, and I don't know if that that percentage is as accurate, but most of us, you know, provide fresh fruit and vegetables to our kids. My kids, honestly, we don't have canned vegetables. So if my kid was to go to a school and they they were exposed to canned green beans, they wouldn't know what it was, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, you're going to have my kid who comes and they're going to look at these types of foods. And especially if it's foods that they I don't prepare at home, they're not going to eat it. And so you're right. It is going to have an impact on their learning, the style and their fatigue levels and how attentive they are within class. Because one, we don't know what they ate for breakfast. You know, we don't know if they were given a donut for breakfast. You know, we don't know if they were, get, were given a Pop-Tart, you know, and then they come to Which school. Which we saw on a menu. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> I, I've actually had someone reach out to me who during COVID, um, she was hosting a summer program and she wanted me to do food breakfast for her. And her um, one of the meals that they prepared was those frozen peanut butter and jelly. I don't know what they call it. Smuckers? Is it Smuckers? Mm-hmm. Those little peanut butter. And, you know, there are tons of sugar. So, you know, it's like, wait, we're going to actually have this as a main course is a Smuckers peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwich with tons of sugar. And a banana, you know, so, you know, it, we, we have to take responsibility for, you know, what we expose our kids to, but in a sense of schools, we don't know what they're having for breakfast. Then they get to school and they're exposed to foods that that's, that's not tasty, or they're going to be exposed to foods with even more high sugar, like the Cinnabon. And so as a teacher, you're, you're, you're faced with kids who are loaded with sugar you know, and you have to kind of, you know, go through go through the motions of that with that. Dave, oh, you yeah. can't talk over Nera because when you do, it sounds like a monster. <laughs> there, you know, your your mics interfere, and it sounds like a monster. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a little scary. <laughs> um, I want I want to know. Okay, so first of all, I'm disappointed. Like, um. I don't understand how you can be a, a nutritionist or a dietitian and work for a school district and sign off on these things. And I and I, I realize, you know, because you said money is an issue, waste is an issue, but it just feels like you went to school to try to help people to eat for life, you know, and for abundant life and to have a healthy life. But then you're saying that, you know, it's okay for y'all to have pop tarts and Cinnabons, not Cinnabons, that would be kind of nice. Those are yummy. But, you know, cinnamon rolls and, um, you know, pizza, weird things. And I mean, it's it's not only gross, like my kids, we stopped getting it this summer, we stopped getting those school lunches, because they did not want to eat them. But then I had to like, as soon as before, when they were kind of eating them, I had to like, um, intercept everything, because I was like, okay, let me throw this away quick. Let me throw this away quick because it's just, it was so much junk. So, and I don't think that we as parents are aware of that. I I really wasn't aware. Um, I kind of had an inkling because we only let them eat at school like a couple of times a week because I was really more concerned that they weren't going to make good, healthy choices, you know, but it it appears to me that there aren't a lot of healthy choices. So I guess my question is, you know, kids are going to be returning to school next month or in the next couple of months. So what do we need to know as parents about um, what do we need to be aware of? We, we definitely need to be aware um, that 
there may be a possibility that our kids won't eat, you know, some of those foods. You know, I recommend all parents, if you can get a hold of the, the menu to kind of see what it is that's going to be prepared so you can be prepared the days where um, your child may not eat certain things, you know. Um, an example, my son is, my five-year-old is very picky. And so certain days they may have had corn dogs and mandarin oranges or cut mandarin oranges. My son don't eat those things. So I had to be prepared to provide snacks and food for him that day. Mm -hmm. And so um, be prepared that, you know, are aware that these are, these may be foods, there may be foods that's offered to your child that they may not be accustomed to eating. We all are different races and cultures and we provide, we cook different things in our homes versus what was offered at school. So talk to your kids about being open of trying different things um, and different foods um, just for the sake of being at school and not being hungry. Um, and, but if possible, I would recommend just bring in, bring in, a, you know, snacks, bring in, you know, lunch if you can for your kids, because we don't want, um, we don't want them to go through a whole school day without having true proper foods or proper nutrients. Yeah. Um, most foods can look really tasty to them, but they may not taste really good because one another goal for the school lunch program is to provide low sodium foods. Mm. And so again, if we do have those canned veggies or steamed veggies, they're not going to have much seasonings on it. And so if you typically season your foods a different way, um, your child may not be, you know, they may not eat it as well. Um, so, but at the end, talk to your kids about different foods. Look over those menus to see which days you really would like, you know, want to send your kids with the lunch um, and just have some really good conversations with your kids, even if they can eat, you know, the fruit or the veggies or just make sure they, you know, drink their water or their milk to have some type of hydration to get through the rest of the day. But I think it's as well as being aware, I think conversations just need to be had on the importance of just eating or eating what you can, you know, during your school day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about how the impact of hydration on the body and on the mind. I know, David, this is kind of a big, big thing for you. You want to talk first a little bit about why, the, why you feel like this is important. It's something that you've incorporated into your classroom. Yeah. So, you know, what I, you know, what I, and I hadn't, I hadn't thought anything about this, you know, in all these years, but it, it seems like the staple in every breakfast and lunch in the class uh, at, you know, in the cafeteria is milk. Uh, and so one, you know, just on a side quote, you know, question is, you know, why, why is milk the staple, um, you know, and what I'm reading about research about, you know, how it impacts all body, you know, um, just our, our bodies, um, but also the impact it even has on, you know, uh, people of color, you know, that there's you know, research showing that, you know, it has a, you know, even more adverse impact. But what I saw was that my kids were very, uh, dehydrated and they didn't really drink the milk. So I did an experiment last year. Um, I just went and bought like a 40 pack of bottles uh, and or 80 pack of those mini bottles. And I just, I said, okay, guys, when you come in the room, you can grab a water and I would give them like a little peppermint, uh, like a lightsaber, little peppermint for the mint to kind of perk them up a little bit. Let me tell you, 
that water was flying off the shelf. They <laughs> were snatching them up. They were begging. They were begging their friends. Do you want your water? You want your water? Please. I'd have kids come in on, because like, we have A day and B day. I have kids on alternate days, the days they don't have me, coming in and ask, begging me for water. Mr. Bailey, can I have a water? Please have a water. Because, I mean, one, who who drinks uh, the water fountain water? It's just <laughs> warm and nasty, you know. But I, I realized, oh, my gosh, these kids don't get water. It's milk for breakfast, milk for lunch. They don't go to the water fountain and not drinking the milk. So essentially, they go through an entire day without any hydration in their body. They're dehydrated. And then, hmm. Yeah, and then we wonder why they're struggling. And water, it, 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 was, it, was a li- it was life to them. I mean, they literally, they were just begging me for water. And so um, could you tell us just about the, about the importance of water um, and hydration and what happens when uh, a student is dehydrated? So our body for adults is made up of 60% of water. For kids, more or less about 65 to 70% water. Our brain and our heart needs hydration. It needs hydration just for you know, our bloodstream to, to be supported for our, um, our electrolytes and our sodium balances. Um, dehydration does you know, have um, an effect on our cognitive. It does cause, it, it helps with our waste or excreting and it helps with waste. Um, not being hydrated will definitely cause constipation. And so in the sense of you having a kid who drinks milk all day, like you said, most of us know how <laughs> milk may have an impact or, you know, on the body. Um, but water is definitely key for the cognitive and just for us to function properly and for energy for us to be energized um i can't give you a concrete answer on why they pour so much milk into the kids i can just stepping back um and just thinking about it um milk does have uh, healthy fats and so i know you know when it comes to you know the healthy fats and in, in milk it it should be for brain development. So I think the idea of milk and for calcium and growing kids, um, it's, it's key. Um, but they don't really, you know, take a look at how much, like you said, how much water, you know, these kids may or may not be getting. So I think that's definitely something for us to step back and look at. Um, like you said, we do have water fountains, but who, who drinks out of a water fountain? Especially nowadays? now. Um, yeah, exactly. Most of us, you know, my home, we drink water or, you know, filtered water. Um, when we go to places, we take our water with us. We don't drink out of fountains either. Um, so it's definitely something that we need to look at. I do know some schools or some teachers may allow kids to take water bottles. So we need to encourage our kids to do that. Um some parents in my field, I talk about that daily. A lot of parents, they'll say, well, the kids do, don't like water, so they don't offer it, you know? And so the, the question is why, you know? Um, and so there's ways to make water taste tasty. Like you said, you got the mint, you know, you can offer uh, lemon slices or orange slices or, you know, some type of fruit in the water to make it taste good. And that's what I usually recommend to kids who have um, parents who have kids that struggle with water consumption but typically kids are going to do at school what they're going to do at home the kids who drink a lot of water at home they're going to be the ones that come free come to you and ask for water or to go get a drink of water for kids who necessarily may not drink a lot of water at home that milk will be okay for them um but i i i don't really know why there's there's a missing link between 
water and and um, cow uh, dairy consumption in schools. Well, I mean, it definitely it was. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, Dave. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, definitely, I mean, the calcium component, but um, because I, you know, even when I when I was a, a young mom, you know, when we just had one kid, I was concerned that we weren't because we're not milk drinkers. And so, you know, we we end up doing things like uh, different types of milk, like almond milk and things like that. But I was very concerned that my young toddler wasn't getting any kind of milk. And I know I talked to my pediatrician about it and she said, well, there are there are other things that have calcium in them, like leafy greens, for one thing, have calcium, right? Exactly. And that's what I promote. You can you can cook with healthy oils. We don't we don't drink milk in my family either. My five year old has a milk protein allergy. So we'll do almond milk. But the idea of milk um, for kids, especially after, you know, at the age of one or once they kind of move on for infancy is for the healthy fats and the calcium. So you can get your calcium again from your dark leafy greens. Um, and there's other ways that you can get calcium, like a little cheese or some yogurt. Um, you can also get it, uh, your healthy fats from cooking with different olive oils and extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil. You can um, go and mash up a, um, a avocado to give a baby for healthy fats. So milk is not a necessity. If anything, we know that it causes mucus buildup. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that goes when our kids get sick. We uh, sick. We stop offering them milk because of the phlegm. You know, so it's the same idea. So you know, milk is not, in my opinion, a necessity because there are other ways, especially within our produce, that we can, you know, meet those needs. Can we eat cheese? David is down on cheese. I keep buying cheese, and I'm not buying like cheddar cheese. I'm buying things like Gouda and Swiss cheese. Are these okay things? <laughs> so I say it's if it's okay for you, then it's it's okay for you. You know, some people know when they eat certain amount of cheese, it may cause discomfort. At the end of the day, is cheese a yes or a no? Yeah, sure. It's a really you know, it's a part of the, it's um, a dairy, you know. Serving, you can have it with crackers, you can have it on a sandwich, it adds elements and texture to different foods. I'd rather a person have cheese, you know, versus like Cheetos or something like that, you know. So, yes, you can have cheese, it's just we definitely want to monitor how much you know of it. And those are really good, you know, cheeses that you can, you know, take. But, um, yeah, cheese is definitely, you know, a good thing to be able to have, maybe not Velveeta. <laughs> Right, exactly. No process. Um, Switching gears again, I want to know what are brain foods? What are foods that I'm going to want to eat or that I'm going to have one of my kids to eat before they do a test or a quiz to help with their memory and things like that? So we want complex carbohydrates. We want grains. We want whole grains. Um, you want your calcium. You want your fruits and vegetables. You want fresh produce. Those are power foods. Two main foods that I carry in my house, I call it um, brain foods or superfoods, is broccoli and strawberries. Mm. Those are things that you can truly, you can cut up, you know, broccoli and you can scramble it in eggs, strawberries, you can pair it with yogurt. Those are different things that you can do. So when they're testing um, or just first thing in the morning to be able to send them on their way with really good 
nutrients. It, it's those colorful foods, those real foods versus anything that's artificial. Um, you know, really good sources of protein is also good, and as well as water hydration. We want to wake up the body. We want to provide, you know, hydrate uh, liquids to the body so the body can be ready to move and fact, you know, function and react. So paired with water, we want our car complex carbohydrates. We want our really good proteins, proteins, as well as our, um, a, a different variety of colorful fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. How about dark chocolate? So I'm, I'm a, my business is called Modify Nutrition for a reason. <laughs> and so you can have your dark chocolate. Everything is in moderation. Well, I say, I won't say wake up to dark chocolate in the morning for sure, <laughs> you know, but, you know, after we, you know, make space for, after we pour those really good, you know, um, high nutrient foods into our body, then it's okay to treat yourself. It's, it's always okay to treat yourself. Just when it becomes habitual and you have to have it when it comes to those types of processed foods or anything like that is where you want to look at. But yes, you can have your dark, your dark chocolate, of course. Wait a minute. Isn't, okay. dark, talk, dark, isn't dark chocolate good for you though? I've heard all yeah. these great things about it. What are the benefits? But still have some, you know, a little bit of caffeine. They still have some sugar. So yes, it's good, but, um, you know, you, it's not a food. It's, it's a nice treat to have. So it's okay, you know, to have it, but it's more in the treat category versus the food category. I'm so okay, mad. I'm, you I'm, just okay, said I'm, it's I'm, not I'm a sorry. food. I'm sorry, Nara. Um, what's happening right now is my wife is checking <laughs> off her list of food. This is not about, I don't know any kids that eat dark chocolate. This is my wife hi hijacking this episode to see if what she's eating is okay. And so uh I'm I'm going to reel that back in to our to our to our children, our our children, right? Our our children's. I got you. I I uh, love you, sweetheart. I do, but I, yeah. You're I, wrong. I, Mm -hmm. I love okay. you too. I actually had a list of brain foods and dark chocolate was on there. I just so happened to have some dark chocolate by my bed. So you think that I'm not talking the episode, but it really was on the list. So I was asking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah my kids don't eat dark chocolate. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay. So, um, can we talk about supplements? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah, so like vitamins, um, you know, uh, you know, probiotics, uh, all those things, you know, the, the pills or in uh, like kefir, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on those? Are, is there any value to those things or is it just a waste? There is definite value in supplements, probiotics. Um, the body does respond to nutrients, you know, from foods for most. Um, so, Typically, if we um, if we if we consume foods that's real, you know, real foods, how we should we definitely can meet those those you know those those needs. Um, you have kefir, you have yogurts, um, you have sauerkraut. Not everyone loves sauerkraut, but those things you can naturally get your probiotics. They have probiotic milk out there, and so if we're eating balanced, we're taking in our complex carbohydrates. There's ways to be able to meet our nutrient intake. Um, but sometimes we do need that extra. We do need that extra kick. We do need some help. Uh, probiotics are very good. They help build good bacteria within our GI tract. So it helps kind of overshadow the bad 
fat bacteria in which we take in from processed foods and other types of things of that nature. Um, so probiotics is definitely good. It's good to you know consume, if not daily, a few times a week to um, be able to supply the, the body with good bacteria for our GI tract to actually run effectively. Can you? I'm sorry. Could you expand upon the the whole like the whole gut health? Yeah. How much of the story going? Yeah. Um, that like the the gut. You know, from what I've seen and heard is that the gut is. I mean, next to like your your mind is. That's where. It's the factory of life that takes everything out to what you need to to live. Uh, can you talk about the importance of of good gut health and what does that look like? Yeah, they, they talk about it being the second brain and that it impacts mental health. So what is that all about? So, so yes, you're completely right. So we have, you know, our gut, which is our second brain, and we have, you know, our brain. And so actually our, our brain and our gut communicates. There's a lot of communication that that's had there. And so when one is in distress or imbalance, and it communicates, you know, to the other. And so um, when it comes to, you know, good uh, good health, foods that are very nutrient, again, our fruits, our vegetables, our proteins, um, our fortified foods provide nutrients to our GI tract. So I always say kind of look at like um, when, you, when you're plumbing, you know, when we got too much going on, we, we didn't dump too much stuff into that pipe when there is an overload, right? And so that's kind of what uh, processed foods do in red meats. It, it just corrodes our, our, the inside of our GI tract with all of this gook. And so the bad bacteria takes over. So the gook is the bad bacteria. When we provide, when we consume foods that are healthy for us, like full of fiber um, and um, uh, um, things that's going to help eliminate the bad bacteria overwhelm. So when we take in probiotics, it, it provides space for good bacteria to take over for our body to naturally function. So it helps with our hormone imbalances. It helps, it helps us eliminate waste properly. It helps make our, our GI tract nice and functional versus kind of pliable. And that's where like ulcers and things of that nature, you know, can come up. So we want to make sure we're feeding our GI tract very, you know, really good nutrients. Um, we want to protect it as best as we can by providing the um, be, by providing the the good um, the good bacteria there. We want to put the good bacteria into overcrowded the bad. And where the prebiotics come into place is prebiotics is healthy food for our probiotic. It's so it's the fiber to help kind of clean it up. And so um, when it comes to our brain um, and those communications. 95% of our serotonin, which is our happy hormone, is located in our GI tract. Mm. And so when your body is in distress, you know, it kind of impairs, you know, our brain functions. And so that's where, you know, the sadness and the depression and those type of things take place. And the thing with serotonin levels is when those serotonin are, levels are low, it makes us crave carbohydrates. So it makes us want to eat. And that's where the, the chocolate may come into place or the quick, you know, processed foods to make us happy, you know, chocolate make most of us happy. And so um, it just becomes this spiral of, you know, of, of um, mood disorders because, you know, we have so much um, 
junk or bad bacteria within our GI tract. Um, and we, we don't, we're not feeding our body the things that it needs to, to be balanced. So yes, the gut and the brain communicate together to keep the body balanced. Somebody, somebody um, that's watching on Facebook said, yes, it's time to detox. I've never done a detox that I can remember. Is that something that we should consider doing? And how does that, how do we benefit from that? So yes, um, the perfect answer to that is if we, if we be proactive every day in making sure most of our foods come from real foods, we won't have to do a whole lot of detoxing. Our bodies have passed that food through, absorb the nutrients that it can, and everything will come out in, you know, in, in waste. The more processed foods we eat, the more sugary foods. Yes, it, it will, especially red meats. It will get to a point to where you you're gonna need to detox. Um, so, and versus you know coming up with like these you know, great detox regimens, you know, where you're just going to do like a water fast or something like that. I recommend from day one, just, you know, incorporate healthy foods into your diet. Um, fiber, fiber is going to help, you know, you pass and um, process the GI tract. Um, hydration is also, you know, going to be key within the GI tract. So starting with a, with a healthy regimen, but detoxing is definitely going to help you just kind of, you know, get everything out. But the way to appropriately detox is to make sure you're staying hydrated and to consume those really good fruits and vegetables. Um, maybe, you know, step back off the, the red meats just so the body can do what it needs to do to eliminate the waste. I've heard that we're supposed to stay away from the inside aisles at the grocery store. Definitely. Think about where's, where's the bad stuff? Like, uh, you know, where's the register? Look at the register. You know, we, we, we haven't even walked into the store without passing registers of, of candy and, you know, toy gimmicks. Um, and so, yes, if you, you want to shop, you know, the surroundings of most stores, when you come in, you're going to be, you know, greeted with the produce. You know, you got your fruits and your vegetables. Most stores have brought the organic um, produce first before the regular um, other stores is the opposite and so you want to you know shop around your fruits your vegetables and then most stores you'll go to your produce and then your meats so staying outside of the of the aisles is definitely going to be key I always say make a list um, to really help you Stay focused, maybe leave the kids at home if you can. Um, and that way you can be truly attentive of what you're going to be doing. I also recommend if you have meals in mind. So if you know uh, if you're going to prepare these two or three meals this week, shopping off that list is going to help you. So again, you can stay focused. You're not necessarily shopping for things to have in the house or snacky foods. You're shopping for meals. Um, and so that'll definitely keep the focus on what's most important, which is those nutritious meals, as well as making sure you grab those things that's most important, which is your produce um, and um, your, fruits, your fruits and vegetables. So uh, I'm sorry, babe. I want to ask a, a quick question or comment question. So I, I tell my kids when they go to the restroom to see if they have enough water in the system to look at the urine. I said, okay. So I said, if it looks like water in the toilet, then you're good. If it looks like lemonade, 
then you probably need to drink more. Then I say, if it looks like orange juice, then watch out. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and also just how does it smell? I mean, does it smell? You know, that's another indicator, at least for me. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you probably know more about that than I do. But if it starts to stink a little bit and you, you guys know what I'm talking about, don't act like you know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> um, but but also, um, you know, I no, don't want to go there, but I do want to go there is oh, is no. our pooping. Um is how important is it to pass regularly versus you know like how what what's the healthy amount of bowel movement you you should have um to say you're on track i think because i think that's important yes it's definitely important so your your waste is going to be a reflection of what you're eating so if you're eating produce where you have pills and tons of fiber you know then you you may uh, you know you may have some poop. You may be regular. You know, you definitely may be regular. The, so um, the issue is, are you, is it to a point to where you're having extreme diarrhea, you know, or if you're not having a bowel movement at all? So those are the two things that we worry about um, because your body isn't processing something correctly. We can definitely have some GI issues on one spectrum. The other is why are you eliminating so much, you know, you know, what's happening. So yes, you should be definitely using, um, ha- passing bowel, you know, regularly. Some people are sensitive to foods versus the others. Um, so to say, you know, most doctors would say you definitely ha- should have a bowel movement regularly or every day, maybe a few mm-hmm. times a day. Some people just honestly don't work that way. Um, but if you're not, if you're going days without eating, um, then that's Weeks. when we definitely Yes, that's that's a problem. And so that's where the probiotic can definitely help to kind of help clean out. You know, most times when you try to start a probiotic, that's the first that's the first way that your body responds is trying to, you know, eliminate and create that healthy environment. So, um, yes, you definitely should be have you should be somewhere in the middle. You should be in the middle Um, when it comes to urine. So um, you you definitely want to look at it. And yes, the, the lighter, the better. But when you look at literature, literature will say you want it to be kind of yellow or like that, that um, lemonade, where if it's completely clear, that means you may be overhydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, what's going to be true or false, but you definitely mm-hmm. don't want it to be orange or look, you don't want it to be <laughs> orange juice. You know, you want to have a good, steady balance. If you know you're hydrated, if you know you're getting, you know, your, um, depending on your age, your, you know, six to eight cups or your 10 cups of water, then you're really well hydrated. Um, and you know, for your hydration level, your urine should, you know, be yellow to, you know, light pale yellow to clear, then that's a good indicator that you will hydrate it. So if it looks like Chick-fil-A lemonade that's pretty good <laughs> well yeah so like the diet lemonade diet chick- lemonade okay yeah not regular <laughs> diet lemonade here people <laughs> diet lemonade chick-fil-a and lighter yeah you hear that yeah. okay diet we heard that not regular diet okay you definitely don't want to smell but some produce can cause a smell especially the dark leafy greens or the asparagus you know so if it's an isolated situation it's okay but if it's to where every time you go in, there's a stench. Then I would definitely recommend you go to your doctor. Get that checked out. Um, we 
are pretty much out of time, but I do have a couple of questions. Um, our kids, since they're home, we're doing virtual learning. Um, they are visiting the kitchen way more than they need to. Can you talk about dehydration and its impact on appetite? Um, so from what I see working with kids, a lot of a lot of times kids, because they're not as hydrated or some kids truly don't know the difference between hunger and hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so the body can truly be needing liquids, but they'll eat because, you know, eating is fun. You know, I'd rather eat some, you know, some type of snack versus go drink 16 ounces of water. And so when you kind of see that, you know, the, that routine of them kind of eating out of boredom or just steady in the kitchen, the first thing you're going to need to say is, have you had your water? You know, with my clients that I work with, I make sure that they, you know, log down their water intake because I need to know how that's how that had an impact on their daily intake. So I can automatically look at when a client's, um, you know, um, pattern. And so if they had um, a lot of processed foods or processed foods, if they um, uh, was, you know, snacked a lot or, you know, had candy or chips, usually their hydration levels was down, you know, that usually their water intake was down that day. Mm -hmm. And so when you deal with that, especially with us, you know, having our kids, um, I like to keep a pitcher of water and, um, and I don't do it every day. Usually the last is maybe a day, day and a half. I'll keep a pitcher of water with tons of ice. I'll throw some mint, whatever I have, the slices of lemon, oranges, and I'll keep it on my counter because it's pretty, it, it's inviting. And so usually if my kids come in or my husband or I, even if we're not necessarily thirsty, it just, it's pretty and it'll make you want to just drink it anyway. And so um, I usually, I say set kids up for success versus failure. And so having those healthy things around, those healthy foods around, making sure they're eating in a, a, a pretty good time. Kids usually get hungry within two to three hours most times. Um, sometimes for us adults, we'll think it's, you know, they're in the kitchen a lot, but we, we have trained ourselves to go longer periods of time without eating. So it'll look excessive to us. Um, and so ask them, are you thirsty or are you hungry? Or I like to tell, especially with toddlers, here's a cup of water, come back and mommy will give you a snack. And nine times out of 10, they don't come back. Oh, that's <laughs> because so good. That is so right. good. And and then my last question really is, because um, you, you mentioned when I was asking you about not shopping on the inside of the aisles, you said you're not looking for snacks. Do you recommend snacking, number one? And then what are some things that you can recommend? And we have a kid that won't eat a vegetable or a fruit. So what what do I do with him? So snacking is is just, it's a part of what we do in this sense. So to tell a child not to snack, it's hard because it's hard for us most times, depending on how our day is going. So what I recommend is, you know, keeping those cut up fruits, around, you know, keep those healthy things around for them to be able to kind of dive into. One, um, make sure you 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 um, combine snacks. So when I offer snacks, it's always two to three, two at minimum to three food groups at a time, because those will work hand to hand to keep them full and satisfied. 
So versus just giving strawberries or just a banana, even though it has fiber, you want to go ahead and pair it with some some yogurt and maybe a couple crackers. You know, if you, mm-hmm. you, graham crackers aren't the best, but if they like a graham cracker, I'd rather you pair the good with the bad. So if they're a graham cracker child, then maybe one graham cracker, you know, we can cut it up, you know, break it up and make it into mini pieces. But something like that with a serving of yogurt and strawberries will make the biggest difference in their intake and how often they're going to visit the kitchen versus just giving them a handful of strawberries or some um, a banana. So look at how we're pairing those food groups and you should have, be more successful, you know, with, with them, you know, being full and content versus the constant revisit. Oh my gosh, that was worth the price of admission. That was really good. So don't just give them, because we do that. We make that mistake. We just give them a bag of uh, grapes and, you know, say, don't come back. (laughs) So give them some grapes, some crackers, and maybe a little thing of cheese. Yes. With a cup of water. And a cup of water. The cup of water first. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Here's the water. Let me go serve, you know, serve your fruit or get your snack. Yeah. And so they're sitting there and they'll they'll drink, you know. So sometimes we don't have to talk them through everything. It's just about habits. You know, you want to create good habits for them, um, create your routines in the house. And when you do that, you won't find yourself being redundant with the information that you give them. Why it's important because that's what they know. You know, it's like the cheese pizza. Kids know cheese pizza because you give cheese pizza. But what if we offer cheese pizza with mushrooms and spinach? And that's all, that's the only thing they would know. So we dictate how we, we can dictate how they eat and what they eat. But it starts with us and what we provide to them. This was so good. David, uh, you were last- right. Yeah, you're welcome, my love. Yes, now I will say this as a, as a parting thought is, um, I, I think about our students and how much better. You know, if you're worried about great performance, this could be one factor that maybe you've not considered before that could be impacting your child's performance. And you know, yes, we have to develop healthy study habits and those types of things, which are important, of course, but this could be a huge game changer in um, a lot of areas of your life. Personally, I know, you know, we learned a lot just as parents and, you know, as parents, how can we uh, model healthy habits for our children? But then also on top of that is um, how will that impact your child's ability to do well? And especially in this environment, um, virtual learning, some are going back and some aren't, uh, but no matter where you are on the spectrum, um, to, you know, if this is like, this is too much today. And what I told my kids today is just make one small modification today. And, you know, you probably know better than that, but just start, start with something. I said, I told my kids today, I said, just add one more bottle of water. Um, uh, take 30 minutes off of your screen time, which means, you know, that's another whole nother topic for another day, but for next just, week, but yes, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, and so those just, and then over time, um, well, you know, you'll get there. We, we were not a big, you know, water drinkers. And then I, I just started buying water and now we have have drunk water bottles all over our house and I'm getting really tired of it. Uh, but they're drink, but they're drinking the water, you know, um, and making smoothies. Um, and so just make those small changes, parents. And I think as you do, 
um, you'll get used to them. And so will your kids, your kids are going to model what you do. And if they see you eating um, better and making modifications to your diet, um, they're going to come and tell because guess what? You buy the food. Yeah. All right. Well, Nara, good gravy. This was so good. And now I'm hungry because I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. This was very, very informative and helpful. So for having me, I definitely enjoyed myself. Glad I was able to kind of help and drop a few nuggets, but I definitely appreciate you both for having me. And your your practice is in the, is it Arlington or Mansfield area? Which one? It's in the Mansfield area. I actually, um, I'm a virtual um, health coach. So all of my counseling is virtual. And so it's, it allows me to be easily accessible, not just within my local area, but all over the United States. So um, most of 90% of my counseling is virtual. And how do we find you? What's your website? So my website is mnhcoach.com. So that goes for Modified Nutrition. Or if you Google Modified Nutrition, you'll be able to find me on um, Google uh, as well as Facebook. And if you're on Instagram, you can find me at Making Life Move. All right. Well, we will have a link to your website on the School Days Show website so that um, people can get healthy and feel better and just live a better life. Thank you so much. All right. So School Days is uh, sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. And Noggin Educational Foundation is the premier sponsor. So we always want to let you guys know what's happening with Noggin. How many times did I say Noggin there? <laughs> North Texas Giving Day is September 17th this year. North Texas Giving Day is an 18-hour giving event benefiting local nonprofits here in the North Texas area. Each year, your North Texas Giving Day donations help with a significant portion of the funding we need to operate our free tutoring program. And this year, we will use some of the funds, some of the donations to help fund our new ARD Advocacy Program. Our ARD Advocates support parents by helping them get the services and accommodations their kids need at school for learning disabilities and special needs. With the close of schools, the education gap for low-income students has widened and our one-on-one -on -one intervention that we provide is that much more vital. So your support on North Texas Giving Day has an immediate and critical impact on our ability to serve our amazing students. And early giving opens today. So go to our website, nogginfoundation.org, that's N-O-G-G-I-N, or to schooldazedshow.com for more details and to contribute to our mission today. And as always, head to our website, schooldazedshow.com for more information about all that we're doing and all the resources that we mentioned here on School Days. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And next week, we are going to talk about healthy screen use in the midst of a virtual learning world. So I know that many of us um, are a little bit on the struggle bus, um, those of us that are doing virtual and not in-person learning because uh, my kids and in, in my kids in particular, our kids are on screens now from eight 
to three or four and then they want to get on them again to be entertained so we are going to talk to um, a professional who helps people to um, find balance in um, dealing with their screen life so don't forget about that that's going to be tuesday at five o'clock and last but not least we always want to end the show by saying that david and i are parenting by grace we depend on god to give us the wisdom and strength that we need to help our kids grow into flourishing adults and if you would like to know more about that please feel free to email me at info at schooldaysshow.com have a great week and stay safe School Days is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.